We're not talking the alternative news or alternative facts. But the reality is, is that people don't see the world as it is. They see the world as they want it to be or as they think it is. And they leave lots of data out there. You're listening to WorkWise, the growth mindset for wisdom at work. I'm Ken Kennard, creativity coach and chief creative officer at Accent Interactive. And joining me is Michael Boys of Credo Consulting. In this episode, we stare down fear in the face and explore its role in the workplace. So, Mike, I'm, I'm afraid we're back. Look out behind you. Ooh, what was that? I scared you. <laughs> Well, you what, said you were what? afraid. I thought I'd give you something to be afraid about. There was a big rock coming oh, at your window, oh. and, and at last minute, it veered off. Oh, my god! Hit the wall and bounced down. Yeah. Wow. So you're afraid. You're full of surprises. Well, yeah. <laughs> I like to be. You're afraid. Well, that, that would put you in a, in a very large boat with a lot of people these days, it seems. Why? What, what boat is that? The fear boat? I think it's the... The, the, the fear boat. boat. <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety and panic everywhere. <laughs> Right? Wow. Yeah, I can't sing. People are afraid to hear me sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. So I think it would put you in a very large boat that I think has gotten bigger. It's the, it's the Trump fear boat. Oh, yeah. Trump fear. But, you know, Trump is, I think, stimulating a lot of fear in people. But I think people are just afraid a lot. What are they afraid of? Like, what, what's prompting fear, do you think? I think we're, we're, well, we're naturally attuned to fear. It's kind of like a, a response to keep us around. Yeah. You know, we, we are naturally cautious because things can hurt us. Right. And it's better to stay away from things that can hurt us than not. Yeah. If it's yeah. real. Yeah. If it's, well, if it's real, exactly. But so people respond to negative things much more severely yeah. when they do negative things. I mean, look, look around you. So what do we see? What do we see in America these days? We see people protesting and very fearful about what might come of the Trump administration. People, yeah. are, you know, the sales of the book 1984 by George Orwell are just like up like, like I think I said it was like a hundred, no, it was a hundred thousand percent. Oh my goodness. A hundred thousand percent. I think I, I think I read somebody correct me if I'm wrong. And yeah. because, and it's not just they're afraid, people are convinced that their fears are not just well-grounded, but they are, in fact, coming about. Yeah. And that's how we respond to fear. We are certain that we these things are real. So what does fear do to us if in the workplace? Like, how does it right. affect our work? Like, if I'm fearful, am right. I working better because I'm avoiding things that right. are negative? Or right. is it like... Is it counterproductive? What What do we know about yeah. fear in the workplace? Well, we, we we know quite a bit, and fear is ever present. It seems everywhere I go, yeah. there's there's fear, and the healthier the place, the less fear there is, right? Yeah. Um. So what do we know? Well, we know that a little bit of stress, um, peaks our energy, peaks our attention, peaks yeah. our awareness. It stimulates our brain, and so we're we're thinking. Uh, it's a little bit, yeah. right? Even maybe a little bit of moderate. We're problem solving better when we're attentive, aren't we? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's this level at which you, you go past and it just destroys our thinking. So the brain actually restricts its activity. Uh, right. And, you know, some people call this the, 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 the fight or flight response. Yeah. Um, but what we know is the brain actually reduces its amount of activity and it, and it, and it centers it around the, what people call the most primitive parts of the brain. So in other words, we go back to rote routines and what we know, yeah. and we stop thinking. We're less alert. We we don't gather. We're not perceiving information that's there, and we become very cautious, right? 
So what's that do to work? That kills learning, kills creativity, puts us in a mindset of just getting by, right? right? We're not learning. Trying not to make mistakes as opposed to really making true progress. Yeah, it's not the growth mindset. Yeah. Right. It's the protect mindset. Yeah. And and so whenever whenever bad consequences are highlighted, uh, then people become fearful. Yeah. And that we see that a lot. We see it in the media. Uh, on both sides, we see it in organizations when we start talking about uh, you know what what bad could happen of our actions when when that's the focus of what could go wrong is the focus of our work or what what you know then we're mm. we're just off on the wrong trail totally. So if a client comes to you and says our organization we've noticed has a lot of fear right. but we don't really have a handle on it. Yeah. Um, what kinds of things do you look for? What kind of things do you point to? Well, we first they don't they don't that's not how they say it. I mean okay. they, they say it. How do, but, but those aren't the how, words. How, what are the they words say, they use? They say people aren't creative. Okay. Uh, people aren't trying things. People aren't learning. Right. People are uh, refusing to do things. They're playing it safe. Yeah. They're they are um, they're they're not engaging in problem solving. Okay. You know. Uh, Those are the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're stressed out. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so the, and those are signs that people are fearful or they, they, the rule followers are not thinking like yeah. they just, they don't use their brains. They just come, they want to come in here and, and do their work and get out of here. Yeah. And a lot of times that's a sign that yeah. people are afraid to do new things. Right. Uh, so, so here's what I see. So the biggest thing that I see is, you know, you know, I am a big, um, advocate that, um, that organizations and people rise and fall in the conversations they have and they don't have. Mm. And the number one reason they don't have the conversations is F-E-A-R, fear. Mm. They're afraid of what people might do. They're afraid they're going to hurt feelings. They're afraid that that the person is going to get defensive. They're afraid of a person being defensive. Well, who doesn't get defensive? Yeah. But um, they're afraid. So they're well-founded fears is what you're saying. They're, well, some of them are, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're founded fears. They, they, they're, they're founded in, in, in the ground. So it's like a, a twig is rooted in the ground, right? Yeah. But the, what they make them to be is, is sequoias. Yeah. Like it's this mammoth tree, and there's yeah. and there's and they, people attach all kinds of certainties to. Well, I know that this is what's going to happen from this, and then this is yeah. going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Yeah, and then they don't they don't respond, right? Yeah, and so so fear runs organizations. I ran across this article, you know, a little earlier, written in 2010 about um, signs that your organization is run by fear. And I, and I thought some of those things are very telling. Like what, uh, what kinds of things are the signs? So one is appearances are everything. This is a, 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 a Bloomsburg a Business Week article mm-hmm. from 2010, right? That appearances are everything. So what matters most is how things appear, mm. what, that, we're, that we appear to be doing well, um, but not that we actually are. So mm. if you raise any noise or give bad news or make a person look bad, "Quote unquote," um, because you 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 know you bring something up that's true that needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we learn from or improve on. It's you made somebody look bad. It's a threat. It's a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's another one: numbers rule, right? So you're in a business. You have to measure things. M- measurements give you information. I hear numbers don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another that's another broadcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, misuse of numbers lie. So, so we set targets. Yeah. Well, 
we're afraid of missing our targets. Yeah. Well, targets, are, those numbers aren't everything, yeah. but they're made out to be, yeah. right? And so, so they tell us they're a beginning point for a conversation. So what happens if you miss a target? Well, the first thing should be, well, I wonder why we missed that. Mm-hmm. What if you exceed it? Well, if you exceed it, it's, well, hey, what did we do to exceed? Or you, you meet it, you say, hey, well, how do we do that? It's a learning event, and it tells us our status. It's not the, it doesn't dictate all truths. It, it's a place from which to have conversations, right? Yeah. So I, I, th- I thought that was an interesting indicator because I see that happening yeah. in places because we, we, we want to have some answers. Right. And I can think of cases where the numbers would be down, but the health would be up, especially temporarily, as we are investing in something that later will produce better yeah. numbers. We, even in the HR realm, this is especially true. Yeah. So, for example, and we don't want to go too far down this track, but um, one of the things you notice is when um, grievances go up. Frequently, you install some kind of, you know, organization will see some problems, uh, and they say, we need a process for handling this stuff, right? Yeah. So they put a grievance policy in place or an organization to handle those things. And it goes on for a while, and then they go up. The naive manager of that of that program thinks, oh my gosh, things are getting worse. Right. A more experienced person says, you know what? This shows us we're doing a good job. They were sitting there waiting to come out, right? <laughs> this is a good sign. So finally, we have a process for dealing with the grievances that were there all along. Now we just have numbers to, to, to reveal that. And people are trusting us yeah. with these things, so they're going up, right? So yeah. numbers don't always tell the full story. Right. But this is about you know the fear. And so what concerns me most is how fear gets in the way of conversations. Mm. And it gets in the way of our actions that, that drive us forward in, in organizations. Um, and you know what I see a lot, and the one that I, I have a hard time um, really finding good solutions with my clients for are the social consequences. So uh, last week I was, I was dealing with um, an organization that's international in scope, and uh, there's a lot of fear in that organization. And, you know, I'm always pressing people to, you know, confront the conversation, confront the issue, have the conversations. And, uh, and a story was brought up that, um, well, this, let me tell you what happened to so-and-so, my colleague, just a few weeks ago. Um, this person saw a person who was being mistreated or, mis, you know, or mm-hmm. even bullied, we might say, mm-hmm. um, and stood up and, and confronted you know, the, the, the bad behavior and then was quickly pushed aside. They had mm. social consequences. So, um, they, they don't, they're and they've been given poor assignments. They were transferred mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. And we saw that very quick, happen very quickly. Do you pay the price? Retribution. And yeah. It, it's real. Right. And so, man, like, what do you tell people? Like, so I'm stuck right here. I am stuck. I'm like, well, I know this is real. You know, you can't deny sure. that, that it happens and it's true. Um, but then what happens? It, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? Mm. That story now goes forward and reinforces. It becomes folklore in the company. Yeah. And then everyone's hearing the story mm-hmm. and they see the, they see that it's at least partially true. It gets bigger probably. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, but so, but there are people who are afraid, and it, it, it stops the organization. And so, what do you do with that? That's the kind of fear I see in organizations. Is right. is mostly what happens to me if I if I 
speak truth or if I do what's right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it costs you to do what's right. Are you willing to pay that consequence Mm. and face down the fear and go with the truth, even if it's inconvenient or it costs you your job or your position or your social standing? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a dilemma I have. Yeah. Because I think, I think, uh, you know, I know, I know that we over-exaggerate our fears. I know we attach great certainty to them. And I know that we withhold action where action would be very good and wouldn't have negative consequences um, in most cases. But then you have yeah. this. Well, I, where my mind goes with that story is there's a variable that's not being surfaced in the story, which is mm-hmm. how did the person bring up right. that truth? And so we know that there's a variety of ways yeah. that yeah. we can speak truth, right? Yeah. Some that are very respectful, some that are not, some that have good timing, some that don't. And so I don't know what, what was involved in that story, right. but wisdom says it's not enough to bring the truth. Right. You actually need to bring the truth wisely right. into the, the conversation with the right manner. That, that, that that's sometimes where you know, it succeeds or fails. Right, right conversational tools. Yes. And, that, and that's where I always tell folks my don't be like my daughter story. So... Uh, <laughs> tell me, well, I'm curious. It piques your curiosity, right. doesn't it? So, so I, I often tell a story that, that says, you know, when, when I was teaching my older daughter how to ride a bicycle, what, what happens? Well, you fall. You, right. you get hurt. You scrape your knees, right? It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It happens. And on one particular day, she was riding around on on the sidewalk near our home, and she crashed. And she was all tangled in the bike, and she's trying to pull up, and she's tangled, so she's not doing a very good job. And she gets very frustrated, and she slams it to the ground, and she says, stupid bike. It doesn't work right. <laughs> right? I, I love this story. But it's not the bicycle at all. It's her, right, it's her sure. skill in using it. It's a very complicated skill riding sure. a bicycle is. So, yeah, that's true. And and uh, uh, um, and and there are places and there are manners and we all mess up and all that. So we don't want to be like my daughter in that respect. By the way, she's a lovely young lady. She's a great bike rider now. Yeah. yeah she, she's she's and, mastered and she, it. And she's lovely in so many other ways. <laughs> but, so there's that. There's that. Um, but then I struggle with this also this idea that there's reason to be afraid that there are yeah. times when, when you do your best, yes, it's there and how it freezes organizations. Right. So I guess the question for me is, is, um, what do we do to have um, more trust? Or the willingness to take risk to overcome the realities that sometimes fear is well founded. Yeah. So that's the that's the the the, the hard nut to crack. I think. For how do you know if organizations. How do you know if the fear is well founded? Is this a case where the fear is telling you something important that you need to know, right. and it should inform your behavior, or is this irrational fear? Right. Is this a fear because it's happened before under different circumstances, mm-hmm. and so you think the bad thing is going to happen here again, even though right. it really doesn't apply here? And we have great certainty over it. Yeah. 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 And so that that's the that's the dilemma. Yeah. Right. And so. So we're, so we're both coaches, right? Yeah. So let's think about this as coaches. Okay. So, so what do we do with our clients when they have fears? Well, one thing we do, I think, is we ask them, what's true? What do we know is true? Um, sometimes that's obvious, but sometimes it needs to be revisited, that mm-hmm. we're not really 
bringing the truth into our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I found helpful is to actually have them write out the truths because that way it's, they can go back to it. It can be critiqued. We can see if it's really true. If they think it might be, we can challenge things. So getting clarity on what's true, Mm -hmm. what we know helps us to, I think, um, narrow down the problem from being this big amorphous fear where our right. emotions are really dictating all of our actions right. and get a little more clarity on, okay, those emotions are important and they're a sign of something real. And we also want to know, remind ourselves of the things that, that, that we know to be true so that they're not clouding right. our judgment. Right. So, so one language for that would be called, you know, our, our facts and our fiction or our, our facts and our stories. Yes. Right. So we have some facts, we know some things, and we've invented a whole storyline around it. Which involves our interpretation of those facts. Exactly. And that's where our emotions come in too. Yeah. But it's good to know. It's, you know, and it's, you know, a, you know that, that thinking process works really well, that we, we make stories around things. That's how we think. And so, but it's important to separate the two so we know alternative stories can be invented or or seen once we lay this we lay out the fact from the fiction or fact versus the story. So, so I think that's great. That's that's a that's I think that's great advice. I, you know, I I'm also thinking about um, what we do to bring the positive cases to mind. So, if I have a conversation with you. Uh, about something that's hard, or I share some truth with you, um, and you're like, "Oh, well, geez, thanks for telling me that. I didn't, I didn't know that." Well, uh, it's important for me to record that down in my brain, maybe on paper, mm. to register it because we yeah. don't register our brains don't register what we expect to happen, right? And so we don't pay attention to those. But it, when we when we attune our brains to them. Then we can start altering our our mindsets yeah. and give and and if we talk about them, it's even better. So we talk about coaching, right? We one of the tools we use, kind of the positive psychology points to, is this idea of what went well today. Yeah, right. What's going well? So you're focusing on that, and then you can ask, well, what was your contribution to that? Yeah, and making that a practice. Right. So. Yeah, and if our brains are naturally attuned to kind of get out the yellow highlighter and highlight yeah. the negative things and not highlight the positive yeah. things, then this is an example maybe of taking our thoughts captive and saying, look, I'm going to take control of these thoughts. I'm mm-hmm. not just going to be a victim of how I'm feeling these or remembering them. Right. I'm going to consciously highlight the, the truths that are both positive and negative right. as a way of getting some perspective, some balance there. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like, I like the, the biblical reference there, and it makes me think of something else, too, is that we are, you know, we're captive to our, our own thoughts. We're, we become captive to our stories, mm-hmm. and we're, we're slaves to them, mm. right? And they, because they serve us in some way. They might, maybe it's they, they serve our sinful desires, Maybe it's they just serve our self image. It, it serves us the idea of be, we're the villain, we're the victims. I mean, right? Mm. That we don't have to do anything. It makes it easy for us not to act. It makes it easy for us to um, uh, be fearful and not be courageous, not to act amidst the fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So it makes it's a convenient story for us. You mentioned courage. Um, what what is courage? So so I, I define courage as acting in the face of fear. Hmm. So fear is there, but 
I, I'm going to respond to whatever that threat is or do that, that deal with that situation despite my fear of the consequences. What gives you the power to be courageous? What's, what's the motivating factor behind courage? I think the motivating factor for me is the, is the knowledge that, um, that my safety and my life or my desires are not the most important things, that they are not the preeminent things in my life. And when something is not, uh, you know, when, when something greater than yourself or somebody else is preeminent, then you act because you realize that you're you're just you know you're just a body you're not the somebody in the world you know we think about our kids we do anything to save our kids like what would you not do what would you do to you know save your child well hello like mm-hmm. you give your life wouldn't you who who mm-hmm. amongst us would not say I would give my life for my child mm-hmm. So, 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 what's behind that question? What, 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 what are you thinking? Uh, what's behind the question is I'm thinking that um, that it takes that courage requires power and energy and force mm-hmm. that to overcome the fear. Mm-hmm. That fear is so powerful that you're not going to have courage simply because you think that courage is a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, when you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with an emotion, and when you're dealing with courage, you're dealing with a decision and an action despite the emotion. Mm-hmm. And that takes power, force. And I'm thinking that, um, you know, one of the things that motivates me to act against fear is a greater fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is to say, what's worse is not acting. Right. The worst consequence is what would happen if I let this fear play out mm-hmm. and take it along its natural course. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be in a much worse place than had I not dealt with this. Right, right. And so that's that's fighting fire with fire or fighting fear with fear. Yeah, um, that's one technique that comes to mind. But I, I like this idea that 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 you have this greater, higher view, this greater purpose view of your life. That you're not just here going through these consequences, but there's right. a bigger story at play. Right. And that bigger, more eternal perspective says that my life's not really about me. Right. That I'm 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 a player in a much bigger story. Right. And that bigger story might require me to exercise some sacrifice. And I I can see the two winding together too, because when you, you know, you roll down the road five, six years and you say, what's, you know, what's it look like if this hasn't changed? Um, What you're really saying is how, you know, compare this consequence to your values. Where's it going? Right. And those values for a person uh, and what they want their life to be like is a bigger picture. So it's, it's a perspective of, of this thing now, and this thing now in a, in a broader picture of your life, I think also opens up perspective as, as to who we are and what we want. What about what we focus on? Like there's a choice we can make, right? You talked about Trump. There's a choice you can make about how much to focus on the news, how much to focus mm-hmm. on the stories that are being told, right? Um, I'm wondering about the choices we make and how those might influence our response mm-hmm. to to fear what we choose to listen to yeah well so um the you know what what i always find interesting is um when scripture lines up with science or i should say science lines up with scripture (laughs) because that's really how it is you know um you know paul tells us to dwell on noble things what is good what is what is right what is true 
Um, and, and um, you know, neuroscience these days, or cognitive psychologists, there's all kinds of people studying these things, are finding that when we, when we speak about negative things and we adopt a negative tone to things, that it's actually beating neural pathways in our brains to think that way. Hmm. And that becomes the highway in the brain, right? Yeah. And so, or you think of a ravine, or a ravine, uh, 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 like you know, um, the, the uh, a deep river. You know, what's the, what's the the river bottom of the Grand Canyon? I can't think of it right now. Colorado River. Colorado River, right? So that was that you know that was built over a long period of time, or maybe a rapid period of time, but it was because lots of water flowed through there, right? Yeah. And that's what our brains are like. You beat pathways. And so when we talk about and dwell on the negative, we become that negative. And when we build fear channels, we live in fear. Instead of saying, let's build channels full of of openness, or let's build channels full of possibilities. Let's Let's look at other things. And dwell on those things. Is that sufficient, though? I'm, I'm wondering if, like, I hear people, th- you know, ha- having all these positive thoughts. Right. Stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I roll my eyes sometimes a little bit at that because I'm thinking you're going to need a lot more than just positive thoughts. To right. Get, to, you know, <laughs> to really implement. <laughs> Me too. Good strategies and have good, yeah. you know, really move across, you know. And uh, I'm, not, need, I'm not saying that's yeah. wrong, but it seems to be fairly insufficient given the challenges that we're facing. It is. It is insufficient because you need to have, you need to see the possibilities first. And that's what those things give us is they give us the possibilities and then we need to do something with them. So uh, the thinking comes first and then comes actions and strategies. Uh, And fear is good. Fear, you know, fear uh, is often well-founded. We should not be afraid. Um, But we should be able to, we should be able to stop and distinguish what, um, what our fear, what fears are based are there because we've beaten that pathway, because we're primed to see it, and we're dwelling on it, um, versus the fears that are net that are real. So, what are the lessons that come from fear? If we're using it, if we're using fear properly and with that perspective, like what what are the takeaways from from the fear processing experience? I think it's it. Listen to your fear. It's telling you something, and then to examine it and saying, "What am I actually afraid of?" And as you said, "What are the facts?" Right. Um, and I think um, the once we've laid it bare, right, and we've seen what our facts and our stories are, is is then to look outside those facts for other facts. And we're not talking the alternative news or alternative facts, but the reality is, is that people don't see the world as it is. They see the world as they want it to be or as they think it is, and they leave lots of data out there that's available and forms, forms the whole truth. And so I think we have to look for other information. So if, if you're afraid of speaking up, you're afraid of showing the numbers, uh, you know, if you're afraid of trying something new then look for places where you've done that. Look for places where the person you're afraid of has accepted that stuff. Take cues from it and say, there's another story here to, to adopt. Uh, I think we need to take our fears and put them, in, you know, put them in a jar sometimes and put them aside and say, I'm going to do something despite this. I'm gonna, yes, I'm going to have them. Here they are. 
and now I'm going to put it aside and let it go because they live on in us. They drive, they drive our behavior and they hold us captive to the past hmm. rather than let, and unchaining us for the future. So I think we got to see them. We got to name them. We got to understand them. We got to put them aside. Uh, but I also think we have to build strategies for dealing with them. Hmm. So, um, you know, if we're afraid that, it, you know, if we share this information that someone's going to take our idea, um, if we're afraid that um, someone is going to um, use our half-baked idea to criticize us, then maybe we bake it a little bit more. Or maybe we say, that I want to, you know, this is a half-baked idea that I want to think through and put out there. And we call it half-baked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's what it's for. We give it context. Right. Um, if we're afraid to let the boss know that his deadline is impossible, um, well, then we we look at that and we say, well, what happens if we dismiss it? Uh, you know, and so there's, you know, we we do the what ifs and we and we put the emotion aside, make the decision, and let the, let the emotions inform us. I think yeah. those are some of the things we do yeah. with with it. Um, but my concern is it's an it's a, it's an engine that's driving us, and I don't. I, that's that's what vexes me. How do we get that message to people? I guess is what I want to know. How do we? How, uh, how do we get the message? Yeah, so coach, coach me. So, <laughs> okay. so here I am. I'm 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 a, I'm, a, I'm dealing with my customers, and I see them driven by fear. Yeah. What, what do I do with that? Um, what is the life that you think they really want to have? I guess I go back to like their right. vision for what coaching they're re- their values. Yeah, what are they really trying to accomplish, and what's the purpose for which they were called? And I think. I think what happens with the fear is it, it seems like I'm hearing it that, that it clouds our judgment yeah. and it prevents us from taking good, smart actions that are hard. And I'm thinking that um, that getting clarity on where we're really going would help us put into perspective the consequences. Mm-hmm. It would help us see whether this is a, just a natural consequence and part of the process and this is you know hurdles we have to jump through or over. Um, or if it's really something that is pointing to the, the fact that, you know, our values really aren't aligned with this organization. There's not a fit here. Um, or it could be the case that, that we are, we can see that the organization needs to go in a direction. It's just hasn't been ready to, and we, and we're here to help enact that change. Right. And what would happen if over time, you know, more and more of the organization were able to conquer this fear. Where mm-hmm. could we go? What are the possibilities? Right. And so what I hear you saying, and maybe this is this is kind of the, the cap on it, is um, is there are choices to be made, right? So choose to live on in this or choose to do something. You know, make a choice. But when you live in that fear, it's paralyzing. Step out of it. And then, then you, you're on solid ground somewhere. But when, yeah, but when you're in this, it's like it's like it's like living in tar. You're yeah. just mired in this, and nothing's. Yeah, how's nothing's that working good. for you? Right. Ooh. So choose. Yeah, work through it or get out of it. I think are are some of your choices. But all right, yeah, staying in it is uh, is putting yourself back in the position where the threat is ever present, right. and it's driving you. Yeah. And it's not driving you very far. <laughs> <laughs> driving you down. All right. Well, Ken, that's a good conversation. Thanks for for uh, for being my sounding board on well, that. Well, thank you, Michael. I'm afraid we're out of time. We're out of time. Well, you know what I'm going to do? What's that? I'm going to step into it. 
Ooh. And I'm not going to be mired here. Okay. I'm I'll afraid we're done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to WorkWise, everyone. For more on my creativity coaching, head on over to kenkennard.com. Or for Mike's work, head on over to credoconsulting.us. And of course, you can learn more about our creativity workshops at creativitylabs.us. I'm Ken Kennard. <laughs>